Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the beautiful Hampton Inn and Suites, Sarasota Airport, Sarasota, Florida. So tonight, in full disclosure, I am partaking in a Hawaiian Lion coconut coffee porter. I'll say that twice quickly. From Big Top Brewery of Sarasota, Florida. And my wife actually found this beer at last year's Disney Food and Wine Festival and fell in love with it. So I found uh, a case or so of it here in Sarasota and will be taking it home with me. Last week was a fairly easy travel week. It involved a single trip with a single destination. Doesn't get much cleaner than that. I went to Westlake, Ohio. Normally, I have no idea what model plane I'm flying. I'm not a uh, plane spotter, I think what they call it, where you can identify a model plane by the engine configuration or the tail numbers. Uh, It's just not my cup of tea. However, as I took my seat in row 9 on Southwest, and here's a little tip for you baby road warriors, Row 9 and row 18 and row 1 are the rows where they first serve snacks and beverages. But I looked in the seat back pocket and saw the safety brochure was probably displaying the 737-800 as well as the 737 MAX 8 nomenclature. And immediately I'm thinking, what? But uh, the MAX 8 or the 737 MAX 8 are still on uh, ground patrol. They just extended that. So... No worries there. But, however, they did have a MAX 8 have to make an emergency landing last week at the Orlando airport. I don't believe there are any passengers on it. This was my second trip to Westlake in the past nine months. I give the Westlake Hampton in a solid five stars. Quiet hallways. The rooms are updated. The rest of the building interiors and exterior, not so much. Plenty of on-demand hot chocolate, which is nice on those 26-degree mornings during the month of March. And a better-than-average Hampton Inn breakfast. Two new food stops this trip. The first was Burntwood Tavern at Crocker Park. And Crocker Park is this 1 million-plus square foot area of retail shopping, dining, and hotels. The tavern offered just what I would want in a local hangout. You know, an amazing food selection, great bartenders, and a solid local beer selection. On the recommendation of our waiter, I ordered the fish sandwich. And all I could think of as I waited for this was one of those McDonald's McFish disasters. When this plate arrived, I was speechless at the size of this McSlabo fish. Slightly huge, uh, so I needed a knife to cut it in half and then the ability to unhinge my jaw as I tried to shove this thing into my mouth. Don't skip on the jalapeno tartar sauce. It truly completes the sandwich. The local beer that night was the Citramax IPA from Market Garden Brewery. I think I gave it three and a half stars on untapped. If this sounds too good to be true, there's actually a Burntwood Tavern located off Dr. Phillips Boulevard here in Orlando. My second night dinner was at a place called the Cabin Club Steakhouse, and if you're ever in Westlake, Ohio, it's worth stopping in at. This is a historic timber-framed log cabin, once a private hunting lodge. I think it dates back into the World War II era. Here's what I went with, and if you do the same, I guarantee that you will not be disappointed. Start your experience with a draft of Sibling Revelry IPA, a four-star IPA for all you hipsters. 
and combine that with some of their blackened scallops. I'm a huge scallops fan, and you could truly smell the blackened seasoning long before this plate hit the table. My meal was very, very simple. A bowl of lobster bisque, which was amazingly smooth, creamy, and perfectly seasoned with just hunks of lobster in it. And my main course was as classic as it gets. A 7-ounce filet mignon cooked medium. Probably one of the best steaks I've ever eaten. Do yourself a favor if you're in Westlake. Stop in. Now, some people use the groundhog as a predictor of winter weather. In Cleveland, they signify the end of winter by reinstalling the speed bumps in the office parks. So, why are they reinstalled, this Florida boy asked. Because the snow plows will destroy them if they're left in. And now this Florida boy knows how <laughs> Westlake, Ohio signifies the end of winter. It's when the, uh, the speed bumps get reinstalled and all. And I did still wake up every morning and it was 26 degrees. So on to the March travel craziness. So the first one is TSA finds military rocket-propelled grenade launcher in Florida Man's Luggage. Boing Boing gives us this one. The TSA says the unassembled parts of the launcher and replica grenade were found on Monday when an alarm went off as the bag passed through security equipment at Lehigh Valley International Airport in Allentown, about 60 miles north of Philly. The man from... St. Augustine was stopped by police and told officials that he thought he could bring the non-functioning launcher on board and checked baggage. The items were confiscated and he was able to catch his flight to Orlando. So this month, right out of the gate, thank you, Florida. I mean, how could anyone honestly believe that it's perfectly acceptable to check luggage with a non-functioning rocket-propelled grenade launcher inside? Oh, wait, he's from Florida. So thankfully, he made it back to Florida because we don't want to share our Floridians with the rest of the country. Man arrested for packing a drugged orangutan in his luggage. This comes to us from View from the Wing. A Russian, Russian passenger was arrested in Bali trying to leave the country with a drugged orangutan in his luggage. He was stopped at security on Friday night where the two-year-old male orangutan was found inside a rattan basket. You know the movie plot where the key character appears to be dead and is smuggled out of danger in a casket only to be revived by the antidote to a strange drug cocktail at the key moment of the film? The man was carrying injections and drugs in his bag that he said he intended to use on the orangutan during a connection in Seoul. Okay, honestly, I'm a bit surprised this really didn't happen in Florida. But two things come to mind with this story. The first was years ago, long before the interwebs, there was a 911 tape that went viral due to, to morning talk radio. It seems a man had hit a deer on a country road, believing that he'd killed the deer, not wanting to let all that pristine venison go to waste. He tossed the lifeless deer carcass in the backseat of his 1988 Dodge Deer Destroyer. A short time later, the deer miraculously came back to life and began biting the man's neck while simultaneously shredding the car's interior with its hooves. The second thing that it reminded me of was a scene from that great movie, Talladega Nights, when Ricky Bobby's son, Texas Ranger, screamed, Chip, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. I can only hit hope that the mad Russian's name was Chip. Woman demands that plane turn back mid-flight when she realizes she forgot her baby at the airport. Again, from Boing Boing. 
A woman flying from Saudi Arabia to Malaysia over the weekend insisted the plane turned back mid-flight when she realized she had forgotten something at the, important at the airport. Her baby. Following protocol, the, plight, the pilot had to first get permission from air traffic controller before making an about-face. According to IBT, in an audio recording, you can hear the pilot say, May God be with us. Can we come back or what? Alex, I'll take bad parenting for 500 You know, look, I've seen this happen not once but twice. The first time it was called Home Alone, and the second time it was called Home Alone 2. Look, I'm sure this was terrifying, but being a parent, I don't recall my young ones being quiet long enough for me to realize that they weren't next to me. A passenger missed the fatal Ethiopian airline flight by two minutes from the New York Times. Antonis, I'm not even going to take a shot at this guy's last name, did everything he could to catch his connection. Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302. He didn't bring a suitcase. He was the first passenger off his arriving plane. When he got to the airport in Ethiopia, he ran. He didn't make it. A few hours later, he learned that what he thought was his misfortune was, in fact, kind of a spectacular good luck that can make you spend the rest of your life wondering about fate and chance. Shortly after takeoff on Sunday, Flight 302 crashed en route to Nairobi killing all 149 passengers and eight crew members on board. Antonis would have been the 150th passenger, window seat 2L. Antonis not only fell out of the lucky tree, but he hit every lucky branch on the way down and landed in the lucky dirt. I mean, this guy has an amazing story to tell at the next church potluck dinner. Naked man attempts to board Moscow flight claims clothes affect agility from the New Zealand Herald. In Russia, a naked passenger has been arrested for stripping down in preparation for his flight. The 38-year-old man was captured in the buff at Moscow's airport, videotaped by fellow passengers. Here's a side note. When you look at the video, once again, people, when you film something that you expect to go viral, hold your phone sideways. It makes all the difference in the world. Queuing for the Ural Airlines flight in nothing but his birthday suit, a chase ensued when airport police pursued the man onto the air bridge, reported the Moscow Times. Fellow passengers seemed either oblivious or undisturbed to the man's lack of clothing. The police were less relaxed about his public nudity, talking to Ren TV. One of those waiting for the plane said he shouted that he was naked because clothing impairs the aerodynamics of his body. He flies with more agility when undressed. In Russia, passenger more aerodynamic than airplane when naked. Look, we've talked about good nudity and bad nudity in the past. And in case you've forgotten, this was bad nudity. You know, at first when I saw this video, I thought it was one of my nightmares had come to life. Naked at the airport. And why do naked men always find it necessary to run? American Airlines passenger pees on woman's luggage on flight to Charlotte, police say. This comes to us from the Charlotte Observer. A passenger peed on another's luggage during a flight from Chicago to Charlotte, according to the Charlotte-Mecklenburg police report. In a statement late Friday to the Charlotte Observer, airline officials said that due to an intoxicated passenger, American Airlines requested law enforcement to fly, to meet Flight 1344 once it arrived in Charlotte at 12.52 a.m. on Thursday. The statement did not divulge further details about the incident, 
saying only that the police would have to be contacted for additional details regard, regarding criminal charges. First, my mom would be appalled that people actually use or print the word peed instead of urinated. Thank you, Mrs. Cleaver. Whenever you read the statement did not divulge further details about the incident, that is code for we have no logical explanation why this happened. Well, of course you did. Booze was involved. That's all the statement truly needed to say was, airline passenger pees on woman's luggage, booze was involved. End of story. Well, there you have it. 30 days of craziness packed into about 15 minutes. Stay tuned for next month. Thanks for listening and safe travels.